today's scripture is going to be coming from the gospel of Mark, Mark 12, 1 through 12. Mark 12, 1 through 12. Hear these words. And he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it and dug a pit for the wine area, wine press, and built a tower and let it out to the tenants and went to another country. And when the time came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get from, the, from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. And they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent them to, uh, them to them another servant. And they wounded him in the head and treated him shamefully. And he sent another, and him they killed. And so with many others, some they beat and some they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally, he sent him to them saying, they will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture? The very stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner, and this was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And they tried to arrest him, but feared the multitude, for they perceived that he had told the parable against them. So they left him and went away. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, in this place today, we read your holy word. I pray that you speak through me and in spite of me today, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that we hear your voice clearly and we live into this building of the church as you are the cornerstone. Build us up, Lord, and then send us out. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I want to share today about being the cornerstone, the rejected cornerstone. And you know, I, th I think probably a lot of us know what it's like to be rejected. Oh, sometimes it's by our own doing. We might feel rejected or maybe even dejected if we didn't put the work into something and things didn't turn out as they planned, but we might feel rejected if we did put work into something and put our all into it, and it just still wasn't enough. You know, a project that you were working on, or maybe a, a committee that you've been working on and working on and working on, and you get to that final point, and all of a sudden, it's just not 
there. Just people aren't accepting what what was seen. Oh, maybe you have gone for an interview and you didn't get the job. And you might feel rejected then. Maybe you didn't get that phone call to come join some of your friends. And I imagine that some of our younger kids could tell us very well what it's like to be rejected. But they can also tell us what it's like to be accepted. I'll talk more about that in a minute. There is a story that I want to share with you today. And it's about a man that has, that many of us maybe lived through this time period of what he had done that was so horrible and then acted out because of how he was treated when he was younger. Dobson writes, his life began with all the classic handicaps and disadvantages. His mother had been married three times. His father died a few months before he was born. His mother gave him no affection, no love, no discipline, and no training in those early years. She even forbade him to call her at work. Other children would have nothing to do with him. And at the age of 13, a school psychologist commented that the boy probably didn't know the meaning of the word love. During adolescence, the girls would have nothing to do with him, and he fought with the boys. As a young adult, he failed academically and then dropped out of high school. He joined the Marines, but other Marines laughed at him and made fun of him. In time, he, he was court-martialed and thrown out of the military, military. When he eventually married, his wife belittled him, ridiculed his sexual impotence, and ultimately divorced him. Finally, in silence, he pleaded no more. No one wanted him. No one had ever wanted him. He was perhaps the most rejected man of our lifetime. Then, one day, he arose, went out to the garage, and took down a rifle he had hidden there and brought it to the newly acquired job at a book storage building. And shortly after noon, on November 22nd, 1963, he sent two shells crashing into the head of President John Fitzgerald Kennedy. You see, the most rejected man of perhaps our time was, of course, Lee Harvey Oswald. Now, if you stop and you think about that, that's horrific. And there were so many steps along the way that might have changed Oswald's whole life. If we take a step back and 
and we look at, if we take a look at the Old Testament, there are so many times in the Old Testament that we are told over and over that when the Messiah comes, he's going to be rejected. Psalm 118 was one of those today. We know that Jesus was going to be killed. We know that it was by the hands of his own people that he was to be killed. That his own people had rejected him. Now, if you are a reader of the Gospel of Mark, you know it is the shortest of all the Gospels. But you also know that at this time, Jesus had made quite a few enemies by speaking truth. Speaking truth to power, speaking truth to those who were following him, speaking truth to try to get hearts to change, to change towards God and the people that God loved. Jesus himself had done all that. He had gone across the grain, if you will, of what these Pharisees and these scribes had believed that he should be doing. Now, I will tell you that there were some Pharisees and scribes that did end up being followers of Jesus. We'll talk more about that in the next couple weeks. But know this, the majority of them had had enough of Jesus and they wanted to do something about him. It was time for Jesus to go. But they also knew that the followers that had been coming with him, coming to see him, they wouldn't have put up with Jesus being arrested right that moment. They knew that Jesus was becoming a cornerstone and one that would hold up the whole world. They weren't willing to take Jesus when there could be a revolt against the Pharisees for taking him in. No, no, they had to time everything perfectly so that they knew that this cornerstone would be taken away. Many of forefathers of theologians, if you will, Augustine being one of them, Augustine tells us that if you take his pyramid of six, take six things in your life that you love beyond anything else that you could not do without. Six things. I'm sure some of you would name Jesus. Some of you would name maybe your children, your spouse, maybe your parents. Maybe your job. Maybe the, the sunshine or a flower or the sound of a child's voice. Oh, there's all kinds of things that we could put on that top six list, right? Take a moment in your mind and come up with six items that you love and could not do without. Now, 
You all have your six? Now take two of those away. Are you able to pick two? Now you have four things that are more important to you than anything else in this world. Well, that's pretty good, right? Now take two more away. Uh-oh. Now it's really starting to hurt, isn't it? And it's funny how we take these stones and we carry them around with us. These stones put up walls, too, and keep us away from the cornerstone. Now you're left with two. Take one away. Now most people won't ever experience having to lose all of those things. But if you're left with one thing, Augustine would tell you that that is what you worship. Some of you might be going, ouch, that's painful. Because somewhere in there I took Jesus away. Mm. And I realized this little tiny stone wouldn't be enough to hold me up. But you see, in my life, there have been times where I have over and over and over again put sin's preferences in the way of Jesus Christ who ultimately was holding me up and holding me together. You see, we all do that in some way, sometimes without thinking, sometimes deliberately putting things in the way of Jesus Christ, putting things in the way of what Jesus wants for us and wants from us. Jesus taught us that we are to put him first. And when we put him first, the one who was the servant of mankind and yet the Lord of Lords and the kings of, King of Kings taught us how to serve one another. And by serving one another, we serve him. But so many times we put our own wants and desires in the way. Right now I'm teaching a class on what it means to be a servant for Jesus Christ. And to be able to serve the church. And I teach that class on Sundays at 1230. 
And if you're wanting to become a member of the family of Jesus Christ, this is your invitation to take down these walls, take down these barriers, stop carrying around these stones that are holding you back, and lay it at the foot of the cross today. Get rid of that burden. Remember Jesus told us that his yoke is light. That he's able to carry our burdens. And he did that while hanging on the cross. Remove those from your soul today. Give yourself the grace. Allow yourself to accept the grace that Jesus Christ has already given to you. Come today with this heavy burden and lay it down at the foot of the cross. Come today with that heavy burden and wipe it away. And, and if you have trouble with the steps, that's okay. I'll lay it down for you. Just bring it up or give it to one of your neighbors to bring up for you. Because that's what family is, folks. Even if you can't make it up here, somebody here will be the hands and feet of Christ for you and carry your burden for you to help you put it down at the foot of the cross. Let us pray. Lord God, we do make so many barriers in our life. Sometimes barriers are things that we create ourselves, and sometimes it's just a happenstance of circumstances. But regardless of what that is, Lord, you are the cornerstone, and from you we are to build the walls of the church, not just the the physical building, Lord, but the, the church, the universal church here on earth in this kingdom that you are God and Lord of lords and King of kings. As we examine our own hearts today, Lord, help us to release these stones, these sins, these burdens. And help us accept the grace that you have freely given. And we pray this today in Jesus' merciful and holy name. Amen.